everybody, before we get in this next podcast with Bob Keller, make sure you go check out attackly.com. That's A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E.com. Use the promo code ones ready. It's going to get you a discount on all spec war equipment. Uh, if you're heading into the Navy to be a SEAL, Marsoc Raider, Green Beret Ranger, or CCT PJ SR Tag P, doesn't matter. They've got the equipment that help get you right instead of kind of piecemeal it and going everywhere to try and find the right equipment. These guys have got it and they got you situated. So again, attackelite.com. Use the promo codes one red ones ready and get yourself a discount. Then you can also go to 18afitness.com. That's 18afitness.com. Use the promo code the number one ready. And then that'll also get you a discount on some of Kevin's programming. He personalizes all his program to each individual based off of where you're at and the time that you need to, or the time that you have to get to where uh, you need to be before you ship. Um, it also depends on what you want to go be as well. You know, he's got plans for Green Berets. He's a prior Green Beret anyway. Rangers, SEALs, any kind of aspect war as well. So, um, and it's not just a plan where he kind of gives it to you and says, all right, see you later. Like he's legitimately checking up on you, following up with you and adjusting it as needed. And he's basing it off of what you want to do and how much time you have to get ready. So check him out. And now on to Bob Keller's podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. You're in the team room and you've got me. I'm rolling solo today, but that's okay because I've got a guest on who you have quite the reputation. I've got Bob Keller. He's uh, retired, and I don't know how I should introduce. Should I say that you were part of the unit, or like I don't even know what I can actually say. Easiest way, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just, I mean, you can say whatever you want, but I can I can only say the unit. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. We try not to hit the SMU, like go into detail of it, but. but I appreciate you joining us. You got quite a background. I mean, you and I met once I, uh, when you were at SOCOM headquarters as, as well as I was, and we were kind of working in the same directorate there. Yep. So, um, but well, you I'm have, sure, I'm sure our paths had met sometime operationally too. I, mean, I don't you, doubt it, but generally, yeah. um, we all have beards and we're all kind of <laughs> working at night and, you know, well, and you got, you guys are, you know, in for three months or four months, and then you're gone. And then you're back, you know, two years later. It's, like, hard to keep track of you guys, you know, like, at at the unit. I know, um, like spider monkeys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys do it. It's 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 brutal. Yeah. Although you get, to, you get to meet a lot of new people. We do. We get to work with a lot of good people. So, and that yeah. that's what's kind of cool about it. And that's what kind of makes us chameleons and stuff like that. But um, why don't you go into a little bit of detail about yourself? Because you've got quite a, a colorful background and uh, let the people know who you are. Not that they don't already know who you are anyway, because you're pretty well known. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hate hate to no, tell you. <laughs> no, one, no one knows who I am. <laughs> hate to tell you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I could go into like, you know, the whole where I, where I came from and stuff. Military wise, I started yeah. out in range battalion, had a break in service, 9-11 kicked kicked off and I'd already been out, started going to college because I thought that's what the, the next step, you know, and went back in, uh, went back into the military, uh, eventually made it into the special forces. And then from there, uh, went to the unit. And then after the, well, while I was at the unit, that's where I met you at SOCOM. So that's kind of where I finished out my career. Uh, so that's the whole, 
what I did. So, so ba- you could you could basically say all 24 years was in the special ops community. Yeah. Um, Ranger Battalion is that special ops? <laughs> oh, man. okay. So you said it. I didn't say it. Okay, so I want to I want to be clear about yet. that. Hey, I can say it because I was there, right? I, and I if know. I had never been there, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say stuff. And I'll 100% say it because, I mean, I am very fortunate and glad that I did go that route, you know, to have that background and, and just the, I guess, the different operational tempo and how we do things there. And that was pre-9-11 too, so it was kind of, and I was, like, that was back in 97, so it's kind of like the Vietnam era style still. Like we were still doing like nothing but patrolling, like very little shooting, very little CQB. It was all about like being hard and and like just staying out in the woods. So and but you that guys was awesome were hard to get that experience. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Uh, but I mean, I'll, I'll tell everyone. So I would never, never tell anyone not to go to the Ranger Battalion. But I mean, it's straight up a high speed infantry unit. Which is, which is awesome. I mean, you know, it's, and you, you got guys there because that's, that's why I think, you know, like this is on special ops. If you, if you call yourself special ops and you're there, I mean, you, you can't get to the point of where we were at being at Ranger Battalion yet. Maybe the squad leaders, maybe some of the team leaders, but I mean, you're looking at 90% of those dudes are, are privates. Yep. You know, how much training have they actually got? So, yeah, they're they're awesome. I love the way that they do things there. Hopefully they're still doing that because it's like you get that mentality of the, the right kids there to where it's like, hey, you go storm that you go storm that machine gun nest. Right. And they'll be like, Roger that. Let's go. <laughs> so and they're not scared of like anything. They're not scared of anything. So and you need but that. Yeah, to, to say that they're there, I was special ops when I was there. It's that's it's stretching it, but most okay. the majority of my career was in the special ops. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> the um, the the funny thing about it, and and most people kind of won't know this, but I thought it was hilarious because I used to love being in the directorate uh, at SOCOM and listening to you hold court and tell stories and stuff like that. One thing about you that was you were you either were or were almost a pro golfer. Yep. So that's a little bit weird too. going, going from, going from that background into the military. And it was, <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was actually a pro that, that is like, might as well just say semi pro. That used to be the joke at SOCOM, right? Like everything I did was semi, semi pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, except, um, except for when you were at the unit, that is the pros. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, my golfing career—I I made more money hustling people than I did ever playing on the tour. But that was—that was a good—that was a good experience too, as a, a younger kid, like, like going out and living in hotels by myself and going from state to state every every other week or every week. Uh, good experience growing up. But it was like—I think it was either Mississippi or Louisiana. No kidding, uh, I missed the cut on one of the tournament tournaments. And it was either go to the next, go to the next tournament and start practicing, uh, or you stay there and just freaking get bombed. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, I realized like at that moment that I, the only reason I was playing golf was to make money. Like it wasn't because I actually truly loved it. And I, I, I think I was probably sitting in the hotel room and I was like, what am I, like, what am I really doing? What do I, what is my passion? What have I always yeah. wanted to do? And it was, it was living out in the woods doing like military crap, you know? And I, I literally packed up that day, drove home, drove to Florida, and two days later I was in the military. 
They at least signed well, up as you know, And that was when you could just roll up to a recruiter and you could show up on a Friday and you ship on a Monday kind of thing. That That is not the yeah, way it works I, now. I don't think I actually shipped, but I mean, like, I was signing, like, two days later, signing the paperwork. So I went in there. I was like, hey, I know there's a Ranger contract. I want it, you know, you know, and they tried getting you to do other things. It's like, well, I'm oh, not yeah. signing up until I get the Ranger contract. And sure enough, they did it and signed. And <laughs> then however many days after that, I was at basic training. Like all of, all of my friends at that point were all golfers, right? So they they were like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you don't love this life? <laughs> well, the reason why I bring it up is because I, I thought it was fascinating because you said one of the reasons why you didn't go as far as you could have is because you're, you know, your golf game was great, long, medium. But when it came to, if I remember right, um, your putt game, like you said that you would, you would get a little, almost like a, a shooter anxiety, or I forget what you had called it, but the yips, the, y- the yips. So I thought it was fascinating because you're like, okay, it's, it's high stress, high intensity uh, in terms of like, you've got to make this shot. And then you were extremely successful and continue to be extremely successful at the unit. And then in gamut resolutions, which is your shooting company. I, I mean, I, yep. I don't know. I make a correlation with that because I'm like, okay, you're out on a putting green and you're putting and you're taking either a long shot, short shot, and you get the yips. And, but yet you can go into doing stress tests and shooting drills and, and you're, you know, you got a grouping the size of a quarter. Like I just, yeah, to me, well, that's like, I didn't, it doesn't make sense. Trust me. It was, it was actually one of my concerns when I was in OTC, the oper- operators training course. That's when, for all the viewers that don't know about it, like after selection, you go to OTC. And it's, it is, it is huge. Like the shooting program is huge, right? I mean, and you get, you got to be shit hot before even like doing the CQB stuff. And I am not kidding you. Like that was a genuine concern of mine. Like I was like, am I going to get to the point where I'm doing like precision shooting and I'm going to get the yips? Like I thought, because you could you could easily do that with the trigger that's, finger, right? And that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, but it did, but it never it never came out. And and it, and then it, like people always ask about like stress on target. Like to me, um, like shooting with shooting with buddies or going out and, and getting on the clock and getting nitpicky, and especially when it's like during drills with your buddies, like that is more stressful to me than gunfighting. Like gunfighting was never stressful to me, and I think that's why I sucked at like putting. It's, it's the, you want to win like too bad. Like I, like, like I thought about it too much, right? Like I, I can't miss this putt cause it's going to be embarrassing or whatever. And that would get into my head, which caused the yips, but like on target stress wise, I was never stressed out cause in a gunfight, you're not on the clock. No one can see your misses. Like you, you can actually have like imperfections and no one will know about it. Right. So to me, it's not, it was never about getting shot was stressful. It's always about being the best, but in a gunfight, people can't tell how fast you're shooting. And how good you're shooting, right? So <laughs> no, it's only a life or death situation. Okay. But that's what people like freaked out when I say, cause like really it wasn't about like, I would be stressed out being shot. I could have cared less if I got shot. Yeah. That was never, that was never a concern of mine. No, I it was being, always yeah. being there the first and being the best. Right. But then w- when it comes to everyone else shooting, they can't tell how good or how fast you're doing it. So there was no stress for me. Now that's, that's, clock, that's extremely clock, true. The shot clock, 100%. That actually, to me, 
causes stress. Because oh, yeah. you can't, you know, you can't lie about the time. It's right, it's right there, and everyone sees your misses. So <laughs> they either see see the the dirt getting you know spit up behind the target, or or they don't hear the ding. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I always yeah, thought that that was funny how that tra- how that translated because I was like, okay, I don't see how that is, but but when you when you break it down like that, that does make sense because like I I feel very comfortable on target. You know, firefight, target, we're fine. But as soon as you get that that beeper behind me, it's game on. <laughs> yep. And, and, and there's it's how it's always been. Just slinging rounds. Just where'd that one go? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, being you know with with the Rangers and then going SF and then eventually being up at the unit, you had lots of time to actually work with Air Force because we tend to, um, you know, attach to all three of those organizations to include some others. Um, and, and you had mentioned it, you know, we, we always kind of do shorter rotations. We would never do a full rotation except for at the unit. Most, they usually do that, but, um, you know, so you get to meet a lot of us. And I just want, like, one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of bend your ear on is what has been some of your experience. And I, I understand, like, for the viewers out there, we have not pre-gamed this. So I actually have no idea what Bob's going to say. I mean, he could come out and go, you guys are the biggest <laughs> fucking joke out there. Maybe he could. So I, I actually have no idea what Bob's hey, going to say. I, and I, I don't, I don't hold back. So I, I would. People, <laughs> I know people that know me. I don't, you know, like when it comes to, tactics or gear i mean i don't i don't ever hold back i don't sugar cook any or yeah. sugarcoat anything um, so but, so if if you are going to say something bad all i do is ask that you don't say any names <laughs> <laughs> but what has well, been your come, overall experience when it comes to and so uh, my sf trip i only did one one uh one rotation with uh sf team and we so it was just the I hate to say regular JTACs, but it was like the JTAC guys that were attached to like SF teams. Because mm-hmm. you guys weren't attached to SF teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So we like, we have like, we have like SEAL C- teams, SF teams, you know. But the your... CCT guys, CCT and Well, it depends. It would we would always try. Yeah, we would always if there were enough of us to go around, we would be with SEAL teams, oh, okay. SF teams. Um, and then obviously the SMUs, but um, if not, then TACPs would take those roles. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a TACP or whatever. Because we're all but, Air Force Special Warfare at this point anyway, so okay. it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so like an S, and I'm I'm stupid on all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a shooter, man. Hey, I, I got it, man. You were, you were Bravo, which totally makes sense because – like, guess what? Gamut Resolutions is is it's out like, there teaching you, you, LEO. You got you got some you got some Air Force guys coming. All right, cool. What are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> no, but the uh, the guy like the, we had two different ones attached because the the trip in Iraq for SF was a was a full year, so had two different guys there. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal dudes. And it's and then when then when you get to the unit, you're always you're always rotating through. So I don't think we ever had one of you guys like multiple times it was it was always someone different someone new and I, I i thought like the coolest thing for you guys for one i thought depending on 
personality, that is kind of cool to be able to rotate through and meet a lot of different guys and see like how different teams do things, how different troops do things. I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, I thought the biggest thing that I can, that I can think of for all the guys that I've ever worked with um, on your side is just the professionalism. And that's like, kind of like surprising for me to hear. Like, <laughs> I know, I know how you guys are on the outside. I'm talking on target. <laughs> But like the whole, just kind of like I would say I was on on target. Like just the the staying calm and, and knowing mm. knowing your job, knowing what you're doing. Like because I've seen it on the other end when you're you're talking about some of the guys that might have like the, at one time they were they were teaching SF guys like to do your job. I can't remember oh, yeah. that program, whatever the JTAC or, program. Like, Colin Colin support, right? Yeah. But I've seen I've seen people on target on the like on the regular side too, the guys that we ran into on target, you know, and like just a straight up shit show. Like not being not being comfortable what they're doing, not being sure of what they're doing, and just freaking out. I got I thought that was from all the guys that I've worked on your side, just the the calmness of being on target, knowing what you're doing and talk, like while you're talking to, you know, the aircraft. Like it's just like holy shit, these guys it was it was like another day in the office. Yeah. Right? Um, well, and that's, that's, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, uh, SEALs and SF, like generally they want to, and I, and I get both sides of it. They want to keep everything organic and team centric. Like, why would you want an external person being attached to you? You know, especially yeah. in Air Force, dude, you know, like whatever. Um, so I get that aspect of it. So why not train our own folks to do it? But then you also, on the other side of it, you have an entity that, like, this is what we do. This is what we specialize in, whether it's being a JTAC or whether it's PJ with medicine or SR doing uh, reconnaissance and that kind of stuff. So why not leverage that? Then you get to keep all of your shooters, all of your guns. Absolutely. And we're, we're an additional gun, but we also have that air expertise that we can bring. So, like, I can see both sides of it. Nobody really wants an outsider attach them unless they have had the experience and go like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense. Well, I'll see. And then you say like, no one wants an outsider attached to them. I, like, I would think that if anything, that's coming from higher up leadership because team guys are all for it. Like hell, hell yeah. Bring those guys in. Like we love these guys. I mean, cause that's just like you were saying, it's one less thing we got to worry about. Right. Right. So I can actually just be a shooter. Um, so yeah, so it was like the professionalism on target, and I, I thought it was cool. Just the everyone that I've worked with um, on your side is is just the the ability to adapt to different teams. I don't know if you guys actually take classes on you know like <laughs> being personable, but that's a huge thing. I mean, I, shit, I, I got one guy, I, I got rid of a guy on my team for not having people skills. Um, so it might just be something. <laughs> people that go in the Air Force are smarter dudes. <laughs> better choice. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we assess and select better, but I don't know. <laughs> if we're smarter. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was like, and there might be some dudes out there that I haven't worked with that are you know like they're not that person. But everyone that I worked is just. I thought it was kind of cool, like because you're always you have to depending on what troop that you're getting assigned to. Yep. Like you got to adapt to like. Because every troop's going to be different too, right? So, and you want to get along with everyone. So, I thought that was kind of a cool aspect: is be, have, being able to be a one 
it's one guy that's never met yep. anyone, right? And you're coming into a troop of we all know each other, and you like you're this new guy. I thought it was really good that like being able to come in and actually have the people skills to get along with everyone because not no one that I worked with was you know like talking to other teams be like oh yeah Dave's a big shit bag we don't want to freaking talk to him. like everyone loved you guys so I thought oh, that was no, good. that's that's good feedback I no we don't take classes on it but I think because we know that we're going to be in that role and <laughs> right. and I'm sure if you you know somebody's first or second attachment. Like there's a lot of learning that goes on there. It's like, okay, well this time I'm with the Navy. So I've got, you know, I've, I've got to adapt to these guys. And now I'm with the army. Now I got to adapt to these guys. And then I'm also working with planes all the time too. So I've still got to be able to speak air force as well. So yep. th there is a lot of that. Um, going back to the stress on target, uh, obviously, you know, Ranger school, um, the Q course for SF, OTC, uh, and ours, we do a lot of stress inoculation. Um, what are some of the things that you guys would do for stress inoculation? And what, and follow on to that is what do you think like the importance of that is, especially being calm on target? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I get asked a lot. Really? So for one, I don't think, I don't think you can, you can't train for it. Like you, like having the right mindset and not being scared. Like you, there's nothing you can do. I, I could, you, you and I could be on the range. I could be on one side. You could be on the other side. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to put you through some stress. And I'll start shooting at you. Right. Just so you can like hear the bullets. Like, oh my God, someone's shooting at me. But you, even, you know, I'm not going to shoot you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I mean, you, there, so you, even if you had stuff like that and you, you're, you're doing live fire stuff and guys are shooting, shooting at you, like, not that we do that, but I'm saying you would still know that that guy is not going to shoot you. So that's not the right, that's, you can't train for that stress. Yeah. Um, like the mindset, I'd say pre nine 11, we thought, or I'm sure it, it maybe it, maybe it works for some people, but for me, it was the whole getting the heart rate up, doing burpees, throwing the sandbags over your head, running over freaking Hills, coming back down, you know, then shooting, like just getting your heart rate up would be kind of stressful or, you know, that's going to, somewhat simulate that uh, to me that that didn't work at at all um like the mindset for me i think the reason why and i think this could work for the majority of people if you can truly believe this um why why i was never stressed out on target and why i actually liked getting shot at is because my whole life as a kid growing up i dreamt of that happening yeah like i would like Sounds freaking stupid, but I would like watch Vietnam movies as a kid and be like, you know, I would, I would, I would think most people are going to watch those movies and go, oh man, that's a shitty situation, right? Like I'd watch those and be like, oh yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like I'd, I'd go to the next movie hoping that there'd be better gunfights yeah. just so I could watch and like pretend I was in it. So I actually, like no kidding, growing up, like I always wanted to be in that situation. So the first time it actually happened, like my first first gun for the first time, it wasn't even a gunfight. First time I got shot at, instead of thinking, "Oh my god, like I could get shot," it was like it was like winning the lottery. 100%. Yeah, it's like, oh, where are they at? Because <laughs> my whole life, I I wanted to get in a gunfight. So when it finally happened, like this is my chance. This could be my yeah. only chance. Like I, I might not get another gunfight. I couldn't get to that gunfight fast enough. Yeah, because I because I wanted to be in that situation. So I tell. Like LE guys, agency guys, and I mean even even civilians. Um, I think if anything, 
for for me, like training mindset wise, or get, getting into that good mindset to when, um, like, if you ever get in a gunfight, you might not be stressed out. Um, every day you wake up, especially for like people that are like cops that are going on the street every day with a chance of getting in a gunfight. You got to wake up every day expecting a gunfight to happen and accepting the fact that you're going to get shot that day. Like if you can accept it or expect it and accept it every single day and just think, okay, today's going to be the day I'm going to get a gunfight and I don't care if I get shot. Well, then when it finally happens, if you've thought of that, you know, for that many years, when it finally yeah. happens, you've already accepted that. Yep. I'm going to get shot today. Who cares? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you're stressed out. You're actually, you're actually going to want to be there in that situation. Yeah. And you're training a lot of LEO recently now that you're retired and you've got uh, the gamut resolutions and stuff like that. But yeah, that's probably, I'd say it's the majority, the majority of my, my classes are LE or agency classes now. Have you, like, okay, so to relate to what you were talking about in terms of, I wasn't watching Vietnam flicks, but I was watching your, uh, and, and as unrealistic as they are, right? Your, your lethal weapons, your diehards, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and that getting in that first or, or having not gotten into a firefight yet at that point, and, and like the viewers will be able to relate to this is, you're looking for validation for, for me. And I, I don't know if that's the right words for it, but you're looking for validation of not just, you know, all the training that you received, all that you put yourself through to get where you're at, but also, you know, am I going to be that type of person that runs towards it or runs away for it or freezes? Yep. Um, and we, we need, like, I, I even now, I already know what I will do. Like I've, you know, you and I, we both know what we'll do because we've been in that position many times. Right. And even now I'm still like, okay, well, if it's this situation, what do I do? Or what am I going to do? And it's, I already know, but I still, I still need that validation. It's, it's really weird and it's probably not healthy, but that's <laughs> the way I feel. I don't know if you're in the same boat as I is. No, that, um, that is definitely a factor that goes into it is you know like like i think just the training wise like when i went through ranger battalion and you, you have even though it was not as much training as i eventually got but you, you like learn all these skills right you learn the patrol and you learn how to do the react to contact and all the stuff you want it to happen to see if like to validate it, right yeah and then it doesn't happen and then that's that's why i went back <laughs> in because after i got out before pre-9-11 or pre-9-11 and then then it kicked off i was like I just missed my chance. Like I wanted to go to war with these guys. Yeah. Um, but going like going back to like mindset and and um, like getting ready for a gunfight. No one, no one's ever going to know how you're going to react. No. Like it, it's, you can't. So and so it, it could be. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do to like get yourself ready for it. Like you're not going to know until you actually get bullets from a bad guy wanting to kill you to go by your face. Like you're not going to know how you can react. Some people, cause you can talk the talk all day long or, you know, for years and years. And I don't know if you've seen them, but I, I've seen dudes that were like the guy, like you would look at him and, you know, just badass guy. You're like, Oh, this dude, this dude's going to be a gunfighter. Yeah. Right. And when it came, when it came time to it, didn't like it. Yeah, they, froze. They, 
like guys like that had never been shot at before. And then when they finally did, even though they, even though they talked a big game, when it actually came time to doing it, they, they didn't like it. And I, I would never look down at a guy like that because, because you can't, you're not going to know until you, until you actually yeah. have been tried or someone's tried to kill you. But I've also seen guys that you look at and you're like, this dude, this dude's straight up. Like he, he is not going to be able to cut it. And then you, you know, like the first, first deployment with them or first time on target with them, the dude's just a absolute savage, you know, yeah. no fear at all. So and not just that, like, and, and, you know, of course it's some, some, you know, skinny dude that, that always runs, never lifts weights. And yet they're yanking some fully kitted just, out dude out of a, out of a freaking, you know, they're just throwing them on their back and running across the street or, or a Humvee got blown up or whatever it is. And they're just yanking this dude out. And you're like, dude, nope. uh, <laughs> would have never thought that's yeah, crazy. Like when it comes to like gunfighting people, you, I, it's, uh, that's like the huge, the, probably the biggest question I ever get. And you can't, you can't really prepare yourself to it except going out and getting shot at by a bad guy, you know, which I don't necessarily, know. yeah. Which I don't I mean, necessarily don't, don't recommend go going. Do it on, yeah. Don't go do it on purpose. Yeah. But, but <laughs> you know what? Really I'm going to find, I'm gonna find something you can, out. <laughs> if you can, if you're going to cut it or not, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what? It's for those folks. And, and like, I, I would feel the same way if I were coming in and I spent 20 something years and never, never got in a gunfight. Like I, I would be a little bit like, man, I didn't, I didn't get yeah. it. Like I would feel, you know, but at the same time, like you, you, you won't get the chance. You, you likely won't get the chance if you don't come in and, and at least give it a shot, you know? So I just, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm sure that there's, uh, some psychology books or something out there that are going like, you know what? These dudes, uh, are definitely not right. Wacky, but just think of how many guys are like us that missed their opportunity because there was no wars going on. Like, I feel bad for the guys going now you know, that are coming in after everything had settled down and now making it to your level, SF level, unit level that aren't going to get the chance. I mean, who knows, you know, when it actually, when something else kicks off that they're going to spend their whole career and not, and not get what we got to do. Like, I mean, I I feel, um, what, um, can't think of the word for it. Uh, pr- privilege to be able yeah. to kind of validate what I was thinking. Like, I want, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. Well, like, am I going to be able to ra- react in the right way? Well, I, I know I did because we got the opportunity to get in a lot of gunfights. Yeah. Now that's, I, that's not, that's, I mean, a lot of guys now aren't going to get that opportunity. So no, you're exactly right. And the only way that we can kind of pass that along is, is to try and mentor those folks and train them and assess and select yeah it w- to the same characteristics and situations to the best of our ability to uh you know get them to come in it's just like you know you talked about you can't replicate it you know whether you're doing a bunch of pt right before doing a stress test and shooting or right. like whatever like that's one of the ways that we do it in the pool right so we get it's not just a hey let's a pre scuba for dive school. It's a, we're going to take your breath away because it feels like you're going to die. Like that's as close as we can get to making you think or feel that you're going to die. And now we want to see how you react. If you're going to cave, then okay, well at least we know that now. And you know, now we decide whether we're going to select you. Um, 
Should have trained you know? harder. Should have trained <laughs> harder. Held your breath longer. <laughs> right, right until you pass out. <laughs> man, I I loved one one man comp. I thought that was I thought that was fun as hell because I yeah. I knew I could hold my breath for like five minutes. So like I was like these instructors I know can't can't hold their breath longer than I can. <laughs> Isn't that funny? As a student going through you you know that you're uh, maybe not at the time but the instructors definitely know that you are better in the water than they are that you as a student can hold your breath longer than they can because they're not training to it every single day but right. they would never let you know that that was the best best school i ever went to for sure what it? you went to key west too right yeah yeah that, yeah. that, that doesn't hurt you know, be, being down there the whole time. No, no, no. Were you, uh, uh, what time of year did you go through? If you remember, I think it was in, well, it was, it was sometime late summer. Cause it was, it was the hurricane season and we actually got evacuated for a hurricane. Really? So everything, all the testing had been done, all the written tests had already been done. And we had already done our final, what, I don't know what they call like the FTX, you know, where when you, when you go out and do the dive, you come in, you pre-pull everything or, you know, like sink it to the ground and then go back yeah. up to the hip. But we'd already done that. We had like two days left. So I, I didn't actually get a graduation at Key West. We were actually in Orlando. They, they evacuated us to Orlando and that's where, that's where we finished up dive school. So it was Jeez. sometime late, late summer. <laughs> yeah. I was a, I was a summer one too. And it was so hot down there. And I remember, um, not just, you know, going out for the runs, but some of those swims where it was that water was yeah. so hot. You couldn't wait to get out of the water because yep. you're like, dude, it's like swimming in a hot tub right now. Yep. And, and again, you're on the nav board. You're, if you're lucky enough to be the one, you know, on the compass. So you're on the nav board and you're just finning. And if you're the buddy, you're just like, that's, you got, that's you got nothing to do. You I would have rather have been graded every single time doing the nav than being the freaking buoy guy. Yeah. Because that was just the board. And, and you know, the nav guy's like, it's his grade, right? So he's like hauling ass. He's on the board. And you got to keep up with the guys, stay with uh -huh. them, and you got to be looking out for them. Shit. I've funny, funny story on that. So I was the buoy guy. You're supposed to make sure that they're not running into anything and they're coming up to anything. Well, I'm, I'm daydreaming up there, just swimming, swimming above them. No kidding, hits like I don't know, piece of coral or whatever, like with his head, and he's and he's just swimming like he didn't even know what had happened, and he, he's still finning. I'm like, so I keep pa I kind of pass him. I'm looking down like, what is he doing? And no ki kidding, he was like stuck on on oh. something under <laughs> underwater, couldn't go any further. But just, I didn't, I wasn't able to see him like because I was daydreaming, or whatever. So he ran into something. It was totally my fault. Because it sucks being the buoy guy. I mean, it's just boring as hell. Uh huh. And I don't know what happens when you get on that nav board. Like, what switch flips? Because you can go from being just kind of an average fin or even slow, yeah, you know, as, as the buoy guy. But as soon as you get that nav board in front of your head, you know that you got a task and you get locked yep. in and you're just, you're going ham and you don't feel like you are, but you are just. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why it was, it was the worst being the buoy guy, even though you weren't being graded. No, no, <laughs> not fun at all. So, where do you guys do? Where do you guys what, do your dive, uh, dive school now? So we've got our do it in house, right? Yeah, we've got one down in Panama City. Um, basically, okay. we 
we got to the point where Key West couldn't facilitate. I mean, because their priority, it's Army run school. So their priority is Army. And we were sending kind of too many folks to it. Gotcha. So um, we were starting to get a backlog. And and we we wanted to open up our own dive school anyway. That way, it kind of goes back to that. Hey, do you want to source things organically or do you want to rely on other people? Well, in this case, we wanted to be it be able to do it organically. So we set up at the same marine uh, location as the marine dive school in Panama City, and then and do it that way. If we can't hold enough people, we'll still send people to Key West, but it's on a okay. like a onesie twosie kind of basis. Which well, that I, sucks for all the SF guys. So what I went yeah. through, it was still, you guys were sending everyone there, you know? Another another funny story, well, I guess, like, said you guys were all professional and, you know, couldn't say Except enough there. about you operationally. Not down there. Yeah, Holy. I know. So I'm this fat, I was in shape, but fat SF guy, you know, I'm older. When I went to dive school, and all these, all these young guys coming through the pipeline, Air Force dudes, you know, I mean, they're going through the pipeline. They are in shape, right? Yep. So, like, you, you're, you're down there. You just want to, for one, you don't want to get fucked with because you're, you're like SF guys. Most, most of us are older when we go down there. I don't want to play the games, right? And then you get you guys coming. They're all 18, 19 year old dudes. That that's part of their pipeline, and they'd be, <laughs> of course, screwing off and shit because it's real easy for them. And like, so it would be like mass punishment. You're doing flutter kicks on the on the gunnel, and you know. Like, we're all like, Sh- shut the hell up, right? And these, the kids are like just laughing because they're like, this is fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, guys. So we, yeah, I was, that was like Air Force guys there. I was like, holy, holy crap. These guys are freaking like nonstop. And and they they would screw with the instructors just for the hell of it. Yeah. But we would all get punished, you know, mass punishment. So, yeah, it's the same way at Airborne School, too. It's just, you know, they're like, God, well, you guys just shut up. And every time you're doing push-ups with fl- flutter kicks, you're never actually counting. You're always saying zero, zero, right. zero. You, know? <laughs> God, you guys shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember being at Key West and we were playing water polo, which are which is always so much fun. That or like underwater hockey, right? And yeah. uh, it's really a drowning session is what it is. You know, it's really, it, it builds aggression. It's, it's, it's awesome. But uh, I remember kind of taking one of the instructors down to the bottom of the pool and, uh, and he made me pay for it later on in the course, but he got, he got pissed. He came up cause I held him down there for quite a long time. <laughs> and, uh, and he got, he got pretty upset with me. And then later on, I, I definitely paid for it, but, uh, it was worth it at the time. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're working with a lot of LEO now. So what do you got going on over there at the uh, range works and, and gamut resolutions? Um, I mean, gamut resolutions, I'm, um, nationwide. So I'm like, I'm literally all over the country all the time. Um, range works is our, our range facility down in Florida. So it's about a, uh, it's about an hour due east of Tampa. Um, so that, that's a member, it's a membership only range. Uh, we do we do let other instructors come and rent the bays to give classes out there. I give classes out there, but um, I shoot. I mean, like I have my own facility in Florida, and this is where I live. And I probably only do six classes there a year. Like the rest Jeez. of my classes are you're on the road out of state. Um, that, that's crazy. And we give we we do competitions out there, but that's 
You, if you get, you need to come down and see the facility. That'd be, that'd be. I a, know, I do. <laughs> Don't um, threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you saw, you saw when it was. You saw, you came all the bays up when you came, came over. You were, you were still working on some of the bays, um, and because you had a lot of the dirt was still tilled up and everything like that, and and you were yeah, living so on the. What's that? It, it's pretty much established now. We have, we have yeah. 17, 17 different bays out there. Um, RV hookups are, are now up. The bathrooms are up all. So it's, it's basically established now. It's just, just doing landscape and stuff. Jeez. But, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you were, you were traveling your ass off. I mean, yeah, you had already had the place bought, but you were, when you were still active duty every weekend, you were gone. There was, <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I was doing, yeah. I do a class in Texas. And when I get done with the class on Sunday, I would leave that like right after the class and I'd drive straight through. And there was, there was times where I literally drove all through the night and then just, then just went right to SOCOM, you know, from the drive, like, from the with, drive, with no sleep, just so I could be there Monday. And I was, yeah, <laughs> I was doing that quite often. So when I retired, it was like, holy, like it, it was a big, big relief. Yeah. Big break. For Although you. that just made me you know, be able to put more, more classes up. So I'm, I'm just as, just as busy now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We, I, I was, uh, I try and keep track of you a little bit. I know that you're, you're super busy. So, but I saw that you guys had a, a competition out there. Yeah. A couple, months, say, couple months ago. You need to get some of your guys and get a team together and come do the gamut challenge. Boy, you, you, you it would it'd be fun to see like how how you guys did on it. Um, so like this next one is in November, so coming up here shortly, and we got Team Staccato. So they're they're bringing five guys from Staccato. All almost all of them are ex-military guys. I think most of them are Marines. But then uh, Cry Precision put a team together. So it's going to be Team Cry against Team Staccato. It's all individual because it's, I mean, it's part of the challenge, but they're going to kind of right. do like an internal thing. But there was, there's, there's, I think, three guys from Cry that are ex unit guys. Oh, geez. So, I mean, they're, Come on. they're old, old and retired, but I, it's going to be interesting to see how they do against like everyone else. Cause we had some, uh, the last one in February, we had some civilian studs. Oh, of course. Through. I mean, there so, are people that live and breathe this. No matter. I mean, even though they haven't been, you know, on target, if you will, like they yeah, are um, practicing every day. Yeah. So, and our, ours is structured a lot. It's not. It's not like a tactical games or other ones out there. I mean, it's. It's um, like every each individual starts out in the morning by themselves, and and once you start, time never stops. So as you're going to different events, your your clock is still ticking. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of running in there, rucking in there, there's obstacle course in there, and then all the shooting stages. So, um, but the the shooting part is a huge factor in it. You can't just come there and be like a big CrossFit dude, like uh, a, you know, like the nationally ranked CrossFit guy that doesn't know how to shoot. You're not going to win. Like, like I'm sure, like some of our drills that we do, you know, you got like a 15 second or 30 second like miss time. Like if you miss, you know, you had 30 seconds forever. Yeah. At the, at the Gamma Challenge, some of the misses, like each miss is worth five minutes. Oh. Added, added to your time. Yeah, that's so a long time. you have to be able to shoot. 
So it's a it's very it's very physically demanding, but you also have to be switched a switched on shooter. So it's not only accuracy; it's it's all a lot of the a lot of the shooting stages are time too. So you you know if if you're accurate but not fast, you go over time. And most of them are like a five minute penalty for just going over over time on the event. So those add up five minutes. Five minutes is a big penalty. Yeah, yeah. Because if you have Five of those five minute penalties, man, that's twenty five minutes knocked off your time. It's that's very hard to recover. Yeah. But a staccato team, a cry team, I mean it, uh, it obviously should, I don't I it, it's not a it's about the shooter, not not what it is, but I mean both are have, have got great products anyway. I mean staccato is like the Ferrari of freaking Yeah, you know, pistols. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll have a little advantage from the on the pistol side. Yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah, you actually you should, helped help design a uh, rifle, didn't you? Not a staccato rifle, but you helped design a rifle, and you've got your own rifle series. Yeah, yeah, through SOT, I got uh, just one signature series rifle. So I just I got with SOT and basically built built the gun that like if I had my choice of what gun to bring overseas again, like that's that's how I built that gun. Um, so I have nothing. I have nothing to do with um, well, Amber have, Alert. Have, we're having some alert. It's not a hurricane again down here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't have anything to do with, with the build. I mean, that's SOT, but that's like the gun is set up exactly how I would want the gun to go to my next gunfight. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. It's signature rifle. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, dude, so I, that, uh, that was fun. I know that you're a pretty busy dude and you're probably about to go hop on another call and, and freaking talk. And you got your own radio show too, right? Is it, is it a radio show or are you like co We had, we had a, we had a radio show in Tampa that, that actually got switched. So I haven't jumped back on that one, but now we are, now we're doing the, the podcast that we used to do when, when we worked together. Yep. Um, thinking fire podcast, we're doing that. Um, now on a different that is on a radio show, but it's it's like it's the podcast is during the radio show. So okay, <clears throat> so kind need, of, you had taken kind of, a break kind of for a while. What's that? Yeah, you had seemed like you had taken a break from that for yeah. a little while. Yeah, Lee Williams, the guy that I did the podcast with, he he ended up moving. And then when he came back, we uh, we started back up. So we've been doing that for a couple months. That's awesome. Well, man. Um, where can people find you on Instagram and uh, on your website? Oh, geez, that's the that's, that's <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst when it comes to this. So I think the Instagram one is at Keller Gamut Resolutions for Instagram. I I don't even I couldn't even tell you what the Facebook one is. I think the easiest way is if you if, so if you want to follow me or or see what I'm doing, um, just Google my name and then like the Instagram and the Facebook one come right up. I think it's like the first thing that pops up. So that has my that has my handles on it, whatever you call those for Instagram or Facebook. Um, the website, if you want to look at when when I'm doing classes, uh, gamutresolutions.com is is website. That's that's where like my rifles on there. I got a signature sling now out that's on there. DVDs are on there, and then like all my my schedule and all the other stuffs on there. So that's the cool. easiest way to find stuff. Yeah, I've got you. I've got you up in here. What I'll do is I'll just put it down at the bottom there'll be like a bottom banner and I'll Perfect. put those websites and that, that Instagram on it. That way folks can find you. Cause you got a, you got a good following. Got a, got more followers than we do, my man. Yeah. It's free. I'm sure you, 
I'm sure you know, like have felt that now it, it is hard to get followers now. Like with, yeah. you know, with the, uh, the algorithms that's out there, mm -hmm. especially talking about military stuff and gun stuff. Or guns, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the algorithm doesn't like that. So, <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if it would be uh, for this one or if you would even want to get into it, but um, it would be interesting to get your take on the kind of uh, Uvalde kind of stuff, even though that's kind of mm -hmm. past, but uh, I don't, it's up to you. I, I don't know. We, we could bring it back on or, or you can see what your thoughts on it right now. I don't know if it'd even be worth, you know, kind of talking about, cause it is a sensitive topic. Um, well, I would, I would say that's, that's, that's a longer topic. Like if oh, you very wanted, much so. Like, like do you do another one of these? Absolutely. Can, I'd say, I would say yeah. we do like that and talk about, we could talk about stuff like that on, cause we could talk about other situations too. Not yeah. Only, I, not I, only that I'd one. like that because I, I think it, I would say, have me back on and then we can, we can talk all about that stuff and not, not like our past. Not shortchange it. Yeah. 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 Uh, just because like, man, when you want, I mean, we, we dipped our toes into it a little bit when we start talking about mindset and everything like that. And that, I think that goes into a whole nother thing. And I know that Trent and Aaron, uh, my co-hosts on here would love to dive into that topic as well. Yeah, let's so we'll do definitely it. make sure that they can, of course, I, I scheduled this in the middle of the day and neither one of them can make it, but, but <laughs> that's okay. Sorry guys. Let's but yeah, it. let's give us, gives us an excuse to do another one then. That's right. I'm in, man. Awesome. Well, uh, appreciate you joining us and then everybody that's out there please like subscribe hit the notification bell leave us a review uh, visit uh, many of our sponsors that we have so uh, Bob appreciate you joining us again thanks a lot see you guys